0: WrestleMania season, everyone. You know what that means here on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show: retro WrestleMania reviews, and we kick that shindig off with this episode here today, right on, right here on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm Skyler Sig Daddy, Sigman, joined by my friend J.O. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing. a okay, Sig Daddy. Glad to be back. Thank you for having me.
0: No, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And man, it was a pleasure watching the subject we're going to be talking about today. The show we we will be discussing today, WrestleMania 17. Highly regarded as the greatest WrestleMania and probably one of the greatest wrestling shows of all time. A lot of people have talked about that a lot of people have said this is the greatest wrestling show of all time and we'll be talking about it here today before we get into that let's look go over some stuff that's happened here in uh last few weeks um well AEW Revolution happened we saw a 62 year old sting dive off a balcony through a table through two people which was quite incredible to see that we see Jeff Hardy's back in AEW, Jeff Hardy's not back, but Jeff Hardy, well, he did return in a way, but he's in AEW, and he did it, and the only way he possibly could have is go save his brother, but he's got to do his dance first.
1: <laughs> I did see that. I thought that he's was kind of fun. He's got to
0: hit it. He, he, <laughs> hey, he okay, it was not as egregious as sometimes you see these people trying to make saves. He literally did it in, like, a matter of two or three seconds before sprinting down there's been a lot worse cases of that but that was certainly cool to see uh him return to uh and he seemed like he was super duper happy
1: right with when when he was released and all the rumors that were speculating about what was really going on how he wasn't happy at wwe and you know maybe having some troubles with his inner demons He looked, he looked good. He looked really good.
0: By the way, yeah,
1: he looked looked happy.
0: Yeah, he did. By the way, he, those, the drug tests, the drug tests came back and they were negative. Right. When he did get those tests and they tried, WWE tried to make it up to him because they kind of jumped the gun and tried to induct him into the hall of fame, but he didn't, they wanted to do it individually, not with Matt. And Jeff was like, Nope, I'm peacing out and I'm Probably going to head to AEW, which he did. And uh, I think it's going to turn out pretty good for him and Matt. They're going to get that one last run. And I don't think there's a better place for them to get their one last run, especially with that tag division in AEW right now. It
1: is absolutely loaded. Right. It'll give them the freedom to do some of the things they want to do. And, yeah, it'll be a good fit for them. It's just – I just hope this doesn't
0: Tony Khan, he got the they got the rights to that uh the loaded song the Hardy Boys played. WWE didn't own that. That's one of the few things WWE doesn't own. Like in regards to music for entrance music, it was quite interesting to know that. And, and apparently there's a note that hardcore holly's theme song is not owned by WWE either. But cuz a loaded that loaded song for the Hardy Boys, that thing's used been used in TV shows and movies and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I didn't because I didn't know that either. Because you know, knowing WWE, they want to own everything like names, music, themes, attire, maybe even. But did very strange that they didn't own that. Uh, speaking of uh, AEW, before we get into
0: that, too, is William Regal. He's he's with AEW now, too. <laughs>
1: They're just snatching everybody up now.
0: And uh, William Regal, the professional that he is, he went over on his promo time on Dynamite this past week, and then he went on social media to apologize for it.
1: (laughs) That's old school.
0: Regal doesn't get enough love, and we're about to talk about William Regal here in the not-too-distant future here as we begin this WrestleMania 17 review. Let's just... Kick this thing off proper. It's from the Reliant Astrodome in Houston, Texas. Record setting attendance: 67,925 people in the building, uh, allegedly, which I think it's it's probably near near accurate on that one because it was the Attitude Era. Everything was they were super hot at the time. Uh buy rate was over a million, a million forty thousand, which was, I think, the highest ever at that time, was later surpassed by. Wrestlemania 21 and then Wrestlemania 23 uh, took place April 1st, 2001. And uh, the opening video packages showing people from around the world watching Wrestlemania. And then at the end it's saying, welcome to Wrestlemania, a celebration of life. And it's sponsored by Snickers Cruncher. And they present, And you don't hear this very often, you don't hear this ever anymore, but presents the granddaddy of them all. WrestleMania, and then we hear the Limp Biscuit music, "My Way," which is not there's not a more fitting song for that era of wrestling than "My Way" by Limp Biscuit, and I don't think there is a better pay-per-view theme song than this one for WrestleMania 17.
1: Right on my notes, I even wrote down the question: Remember when Limp Biscuit used to be a thing? (laughs) Because. He was all over the place in WWE around that time. And, yeah, it was a good theme. I really liked it. And, well, we'll talk
0: about that theme later on in this uh, review of WrestleMania 17 or X7 as they uh, labeled it. But uh, they show WWF New York, which was a thing at the time, which is kind of, I think, a nightclub thing. Speaking of that, interesting note. My stepdad, when he was in the military, he was in New York at one point. New York City. He went to WWF New York and got an autograph from the Big Boss Man.
1: Oh wow, that is really cool.
0: Uh, looking at the commentary the commentary booth, J.R. and Paul Heyman. Gosh, uh, I, what, what listening to them throughout the show, just so underrated. I
1: I wish they would have worked together more. They just they meshed so well, and that's uh, I'll save some of the stuff that I wrote down later on, you could probably guess on what match, but mm-hmm. it's just so well together. So uh, JR and King aren't bad by any means, but I think I'd give it to Heyman and uh, JR over.
0: They were so good together throughout the show. We kick
1: off the show with an intercontinental
0: championship match. It's 11 matches on this show, six titles on the line. Chris Jericho, the Intercontinental Champion, taking on William Regal for that Intercontinental Championship. The wild thing to think about at this point is 21 years later, they're both in AEW. They're working for a non-WWE company. That's just the crazy thing to think about.
1: And another thing I wrote down, uh, because, yeah, both Jericho and Regal are there, but 21 years later, Jericho's still active as a wrestler.
0: My goodness. And when you're going to we're to see more active wrestlers at the end of this, by yeah. the end of this, it's just a teaser of everyone. But uh, looking that we're going into the match, Regal was the commissioner of the WWF at the time, the video package. Uh, Regal regime. Jericho tells Regal to shut the hell up at one time. Jericho gets set up for a match with right to censor, which was a thing at the time. Handicapped table match versus the Dudleys. At one point, Jericho pees. In Regal's teacup in the buildup, which Regal does a great job of selling when he drinks it, which ultimately sets up the match. And then Jericho at one point dresses up as Doink, the clown. And we'll see more from Doink later on in this episode. Gosh, there's a lot of stuff that goes linear in this this, uh, WrestleMania. And uh, puts him in the walls. And then uh, we get to the match. And we uh, start out with strikes and whip it to the corner by Regal. This is a shorter match, a clothesline off the rebound by Jericho. Jericho takes him down with the forearm. Jericho follows that up with a leg lar- lariat, sends Regal out to the ring. A pescado by Jericho, almost completely misses Regal. Uh, Jericho gets him back in the ring off top with a back elbow. Uh, Regal and Jericho exchange counters. Uh, Regal then escapes a walls attempt. Uh, Regal then sends Jericho shoulder first into the post. And this is kind of the kind of the story of the match which is the uh, shoulder work on Jericho as Regal works that shoulder throughout the match. Uh, eventually, Jericho escapes a wrist lock after Regal does some work on his shoulder, reverse elbow. Jericho goes for a lion salt, misses. Regal with a roll-up for a near fall. Then Regal turns to Jericho inside out with a German suplex. Regal then exposes the turnbuckle, sends Jericho shoulder first into the, the, uh, I think the, uh, was it? the ring post, something along those lines, uh, multiple insiguries. Uh, yeah, he sends shoulder, sends Jericho shoulder first into the post. Uh, they exposed turnbuckle. I'm assuming multiple insiguries by Jericho, big forearm. Jericho starts his comeback missile drop, kick off the second rope for an ear fall. Jericho then whips Jer- Regal into the corner, goes for the splash. Regal moves. Regal then goes up top, which I was, that was, that blew my mind.
1: Yeah. One thing I did want to say uh, as part of this match and, honestly, all of the others, it was crazy seeing how young a lot of these wrestlers were at the time and just seeing uh, Regal wrestle because I caught the tail end of him as an active wrestler when I started watching in 2007, 2008, 2009. So, of course, I knew, I knew who he was, knew the character and everything, but seeing him wrestle at this stage was really, really interesting to see.
0: Yeah, and you don't really know how – you don't really <laughs> – The thing is with Regal, you don't appreciate him until afterward. You you don't appreciate him until years later. You're like, oh my gosh, Regal was freaking amazing. He was good, Uh, and he was, and this was like, and though this match was short, it's very solid match. Where uh, as Jericho whips Regal into the corner, he goes for a splash, and Regal moves. Regal goes up top. As I said earlier, going just circling back, double underhook suplex from the top by Regal scores a near fall. Jericho flips out the back suplex into a double leg. Regal counters. That was a beautiful counter, by the way, into the Regal stretch as a, he kind of grabbed Jericho's leg and rolled him into it, which is a modified uh, STF. By the way, that
1: was a beautiful counter. Yeah, I was. I had I actually had to replay it because I missed part of it, and I looked away and then looked back, and Jericho was in. I was like, whoa, what I missed? What happened? But then when I, on rewatching it, yeah, that was smooth as hell.
0: Smooth as hell. And then uh, Jericho eventually makes it to the bottom rope. After a few knees, Jericho peppers Regal with knife edge chops. Regal's chest is pretty, Regal's chest was red as like soon as this match started. Uh, Jericho goes for more offense. Regal then kicks the arm, the injured arm that he's been working for most of the match. Moments later, Jericho sends Regal headfirst into the exposed ring ring. Uh, Moments later, Jericho sends Regal headfirst into the post, running bulldog by Jericho. Suplexes Regal to center him. That was a little bit of an awkward moment there, awkward transition. But then Jericho hits the line, Salt, and he retains at 7 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, grade for this one, uh, I'm going to give it a – I'd say a, I'm going to go with a B because I thought this was a very solid opener with a really good limb work by Regal, focusing on Jericho's shoulder. And it was an easy story to follow, and it was a good opener to kick things off.
1: I would agree in all of that. Um, I gave it a B as well. I wrote down uh, the the lion salt man. When Chris Jericho was you know young and spry, he could he hit that and made it look so good. Um, I know he did it a little bit in AEW, and I think I saw it when he was in New Japan. But you know, of course, he's getting a little older, can't can't move like he used to. But, but man, I love you... the lion
0: the Alliance salts. Yeah. Very underrated move. And did you, have you seen the shape he's in now? Mm -hmm. Dude's ripped. He's more ripped than he's ever been.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he got, he was a little, he was bigger, a little chunkier for being honest, but yeah, he looks almost like he did did here. And he was just, and I watched his match with Eddie Kingston back
0: at revolution here, just kind of going from forward to, bring it up to the future or whatever from the past. He looked as good as ever in that Eddie Kingston match with it was, it was, it was a really good match. And it was a fantastic way to open the show as well as this match to given it both J O and I given it a B grade. Um, following that up will be, they cut to the back uh, with Shane showing up in a limousine with a WCW plate. And this is the time that Shane bought WCW from underneath. Vince McMahon, his dad. And then we cut to the back where APA is in the back with Jacqueline and the Bradshaw's looking for Taz. Bradshaw can't relax. They're telling him to relax. Farouk does. But Bradshaw's in the same place where he just lists off a whole bunch of stuff that happens, sports and amongst other things. And uh, yeah, they're in their bar, bar area, the APA kind of bar. And then right after that, we go to our next match which is a six-man tag right to censor Bull Buchanan, the good father and Val Venus with Steven Richards as the manager taking on Taz and the APA Farouk and Bradshaw with Jacqueline in their corner. And my goodness, this siren theme song is kind of quite quite possibly the worst theme song I've ever heard in my life.
1: See, so I'm not the historian you are, so I had to take a minute and remember right to censor. Because, of course, didn't watch them back then, but have heard and seen things about them as I became a wrestling fan. hadn't had no idea what their theme was. So when they started coming out, I had to pause it because I thought my, I thought my computer was breaking. I thought maybe there was a tab that I had opened. Oh my open God. That- I thought, yeah, I thought I had a tab that was playing music. Because yeah, I didn't know what was going on. So when I paused it, it stopped. I pressed play like oh this is their entrance theme and i thought my god this is awful <laughs> everyone hated it
0: everyone <laughs> hated it and uh i mean i guess did it's job because you know they were supposed to be the heel yeah and uh richards uh attempts to cut a promo right before that then taz's music cuts him off speaking of another AEW guy oh my god <laughs> this there is a AEW not Not that it just kind of it just sticks out if you notice it just there's a lot of AEW influence on this show now like with guys that are now working there I'll say that's all I'm saying but yeah we see hear Taz's theme song which is honestly a badass theme
1: it again never heard it like for the first time I liked it I mean compared to the RTC's theme. it was nice to hear something else. but it, overall it was really good.
0: When he first got introduced in MSG back in 2000 at the Royal Rumble, it, that thing got a huge that song got a huge pop and Tazville well, Taz is from New York City. So but he shows up. Val Venus charges Taz to start the match. This match only goes about three minutes. yeah, about four minutes actually. Uh, both teams brawl to start Taz and Val Venus brawl inside the ring DDT to Richards. Everyone's brawling on the outside eventually. The the, the, bring, the bell ringing didn't make any sense because they already had two guys in the ring. And then once they got out, they put Farouk and Bull Buchanan in the ring. But for some reason, the referee blew, uh, blew the whistle, but he rang the bell when those two were in the ring and not some, those other two guys, which made no sense. But the bell finally sounds. Bull Buchanan pulls off them, one of the most athletic moves I've seen. He's like a Shelton Benjamin-esque. He leaps the top rope from the the uh, the ring. And dives to hit Farouk with a clothesline. I was like, holy shnikes, nikes man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know Bull Buchanan had that in
1: him. And I, I don't even, you probably don't even know who Bull Buchanan was. No, I was, I mean, it was cool to see, but in uh, surprise, I would, yeah, I can't say surprising because it's not something I didn't think he could do, but it was a nice spot, decent move.
0: And he ended up with, at one point after he was done with, the uh, Right sensor eventually ended up when John Cena debuted his rap gimmick, he was B squared. Oh, it, okay. B- see, B- I knew that. Yeah, that's bold. That was bold Buchanan. Um, after yeah, interesting note, interesting history note. Uh, there's a power slam to Buchanan off the Irish whip by Farouk, uh, T-bone suplex by Taz, big boot to Taz off the Irish whip. Uh, Venus is tagged. Venus then whips Taz rope-to-rope, kneeing him, side-rushing leg sweep by Venus. The Goodfather tagged in. Awkward double-team maneuver, scoop slam fall by a leg drop by Goodfather. Irish whip back elbow by Goodfather. Back suplex by Goodfather. Taz is getting beat up here. Whip into the corner. Goodfather charges in the corner and clotheslines Taz. Goodfather then misses with a big splash. Then there's a hot tag to Bradshaw, who is the last one to not enter this match, which he gets a huge... Perception because it's his home state. Big boot, back elbow, ugly back body dropped to Goodfather. Uh, Venus then tries to intervene, fall away, slam to Venus, double team spine buster by the APA. Buchanan breaks up the pin, back suplex off the top by Bradshaw to Venus, then a double team powerbomb to Bradshaw by Buchanan and Goodfather. Goodfather then charges in the corner, misses. He's going for that old Ho train splash in the In the corner, then a clothesline from hell from Bradshaw to Goodfather, and that's enough to get the three count for the APA and Taz after three minutes and 56 seconds. And uh, I'm going to get your thoughts first on this, J.O., before I give my grade.
1: It was a match. I'll say that. Um, It wasn't bad. You know, it's just a match that was on the card, Uh, decent spots. I gave it a B minus. I gave it a C.
0: And yeah, it wasn't long enough to really get into anything. All I think the purpose of the match was to give Bradshaw a win in his home state and to make the crowd happy. too, to see just APA and Taz beat up right to censor because right to censor was yeah, they, no one can stand them. So mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna give it a C. It left the great gave the crowd, it made the crowd satisfied. It wasn't they didn't overstay its welcome, it didn't go long. Four minutes, I think, was more than enough for that match. And uh, gave Bradshaw the win in the APA with Taz. And uh, we move along to Trish wheeling a comatose Linda McMahon in. Uh, Stephanie says at least one child turned out okay. Stephanie said then we need a lot of champagne and ice after Vince's win for Trish. And Trish says she, they said Trish needs to do that with her hand to crush the ice. And uh, that was certainly that – was, that was a segment <laughs> – and we
1: follow if I could it up. Say, yeah you go Steph Steph sounded so different than what I was used to seeing her in her most recent WWE appearances because I, I can't even remember last time she was on TV but I I don't I didn't look it up to see how old she would have been at the time but she just sounded and even looked so different
0: well she was in her 20s I think at that point so if I remember correct I think she's I think she's like in her early 40s or something. I I can't remember her exact age, but she had to be in her 20s at that point. Um, But after this, after that, we get the car crash of car crashes. It's Kane versus the hardcore champion Raven versus the Big Show in a triple threat match for the WWF Hardcore Championship. And Raven brings in a shopping cart of items to the ring, including a toy Frankenstein, a kitchen sink, amongst other things. It's Falls Count Anywhere. And first note I have this match, before even... So Raven makes his way out first, Kane makes his way out, and he looks freaking jacked beyond belief here.
1: They talked about how this young man Kane was going to be the future of WWE. I actually did the math on this one. It's If I did it right, which I'm hoping I did, he would have been 34 at this time, which is not old by any means. And 34, you could probably say, is still part of his prime. But, yeah, he looked amazing. Dude looked freaking huge. And then the match starts
0: without Big Show even arriving yet because Kane and Raven are brawling. Match starts. Big Show hasn't even arrived yet. Then Kane and Raven brawl in the ring as Big Show walks down to the ring. Big Show's just taking his freaking sweet time. Kane presses Raven. That's true. Kane presses Raven out of the ring and throws him to Big Show, who catches him. Then Kane off the top rope to the outside, clotheslining Big Show. Then Raven tries to steal one. Then Raven's tossed over the guardrail. And uh, then Kane picks up Raven as they walk through the crowd. Big boot to Kane by Big Show. They eventually get to the top of the ramp. Big Show and Kane brawl. Kane throws Big Show into a sidewall. Kane then goes backstage and gets hit with a street sign by Raven. Raven's just lying in wait backstage. That's the one thing I liked about Raven was just kind of running away and just trying to steal a win most of the time here because they're like, I have no chance against these big guys. These guys need to beat the crap out of each other, and I need to get out of Dodge and just try to sneak away with a win.
1: Like Paul Heyman was saying during the match, that was the perfect game plan for Raven, the smartest game plan for Raven. He wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna duke it out with Kane or Big Show. Just let them have their fun. And then yeah, just sneak in for a pin.
0: And uh once they get backstage, uh Raven runs away from Big Show and then Big Show goes into a cage with a referee. Y'all, no, actually, I missed something, but Kane as they went backstage and Raven hits him with a street sign, Raven then gets his head put into a wall. Big Show then slams Kane on wooden pallets, which had to be horrible. <laughs> And then Raven runs away from Big Show. Big Show goes in the cage with a referee, which is a smart move, but Big Show did not lock the cage. So Kane hits Big Show with a broom as he enters the cage. Then Kane and Big Show brawl. Kane breaks a two-by-four over Show's back. They're hitting each other with everything here. And then Raven tries to choke Kane with a garden hose. Raven then gets thrown into a cage, which breaks it. And, uh... Kane then chokes Raven. I can't imagine how much property damage they did here.
1: Right, because I was going to say some of my favorite spots were when uh, Kane would, yeah, just busting through walls, windows. It was a overall good use of the environment for the match type.
0: And but, uh, yeah, and, and uh, speaking of the uh, environment, speaking of glass breaking, that's what happens next. Kane chokes Raven with a hose. And then throws Raven through a window. Like just throws (coughs) Raven through a window. And Big Show throws Kane and knocks him through a door. And then Big Show goozles Kane and then Kane goozles him back. They throw each other through a wall eventually. And then Raven throws a table onto Big Show. Raven steals a golf cart eventually. And takes Big Show with him. Oh, and then this spot is memorable because literally when they ran off the ledge during this, if you haven't watched it yet, ray, go out, go out and find it. It's on Peacock WrestleMania 17. They, when they run off the ledge, they are inches away from cutting off power to the whole building. When Raven goes right, off that yep. rail, that, that, uh, that, uh, uh, what's it called? That, um, yeah, off the ledge, that little ledge they had by the cage, that cage they were driving by, literally they were inches away from knocking the power out to the whole building.
1: Right, I wrote, wrote uh, that note down as well because it was supposed to be a chase because he was supposed to drive away, Kane was supposed to chase him, but I guess he just lost control and ran into a wall. Man, that, WrestleMania X7 would have been remembered very differently if that went the way it could have.
0: That, that really could have ended badly. And then Kane does – he actually – I think he goes with the chase thing as he gets the golf cart with the official. Mm-hmm. And Raven literally gets his leg almost ran over here. He was very close to getting leg – because Kane didn't slow down quick enough. And Raven about got his leg completely ran over. Mm-hmm. And then after that, Raven hits Kane with a box full of packing peanuts. And Jr. with a great line here. There goes the Snapple. After Raven gets thrown over the beverage table, and Raven's like cut up real bad from the glass, and that was one of the that was the line that stuck out to me for that match. Is the, there goes the Snapple?
1: They, I wrote down the Paul Heyman's response to that. I was like, "Oh, that was my favorite." It was like Peach Mango. <laughs> oh my! God. I didn't realize that. My goodness! Yeah. And then they, yeah, uh, I wrote that one. That's that's
0: that's gold. And there was a lot of more gold lines here later on from different people, even. Um, They continue brawling towards the gorilla position. They make it back to the top of the ramp. Uh, Kane lays in the Big Show with rights. Big Show clotheslines Kane. Big Show then presses Raven. Big Kane gets the big boot on the show, sending him and Raven through a platform set up on the stage. Kane then with a leg drop onto Big Show. Ref has to slap the platform for the three count for Kane to win the hardcore championship. What a wild, wild, wild match that we saw here. That match went nine minutes and 28 seconds.
1: Car crash. (laughs) What I liked about this match particularly was it was a hardcore match, so they knew what the fans were wanting and were expecting and spent almost no time in the actual ring. Like, as soon as the match started, they made it a hardcore match. Weapons, the environment, all of that, golf carts. I liked it. And the thing, it didn't take itself too seriously. It, it, it really didn't. You're right. It really didn't. Because even with the spots, like I told you about, uh, uh, the window with mm-hmm. R- Kane throwing Raven. And then when Big Show and Kane fell through the door, not, not even the door, well, I guess the door, and then the wall... That's something you see like in a Looney Tunes cartoon.
0: It was just a lot of slapstick comedy thrown there with, but it was just a lot of fun. That was fun. Was. That was a ton of fun, and I, I gave it a B because I, I, my description of this match was it was bowling shoe ugly, but so much fun to watch. It's a, it, if you, it's like a guilty pleasure match for a wrestling fan. If you mm-hmm. just want to watch something that's just an absolute mess, but it's so much fun to watch, you can't look away from it. It's this match, and then I gave it a B.
1: I gave it a B plus.
0: That's fair. That's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Same
1: fun match. I liked it.
0: That was so much fun. uh Then we cut to Kurt backstage watching him tap out to Benoit. Christian and Ed show up to talk. They want to talk about celebrating after they both win tonight. And then Angle's convincing himself that he never tapped out because there was an official there to. Uh, to uh make it well official and then we get shown jimmy snooker at wwf new york and then coachman jonathan coachman with a fan from uh brisbane australia well speaking of with another AEW thing big show
1: mm. oh yeah i didn't even didn't even think about that one
0: i didn't even think about that but uh coach there is so much i need to count by the end of this, I'm gonna have to count everybody that's involved here with that that works at AEW now because it's just so weird seeing this show and just seeing all the influence now that it it uh, has. Uh, Coachman, he's shown with a fan from Brisbane, Australia. Brisbane, Australia, coming from probably the furthest away out of anybody to her first ever wrestling event, and then then we show we're shown the Rock showing up at the Astrodome. Getting set for his WWF Championship match later in the night, Rock Austin 2 for the WWF Championship. After that, we see Eddie Guerrero with Perry Saturn versus Test, who's currently the uh, European champion, the WWF European champion, a championship I wish they would bring back, honestly.
1: Yeah, they could probably use a little more championships, or at least a few redesigned championships, but let's not get into that.
0: Yeah, let's not get too far into that, but i got to talk about one thing to start this. Perry Saturn's hat.
1: (laughs) Oh, wasn't it? Who was it? It was a – I think it was JR. It might have been Heyman, where I think he gets hit or knocked out, and then the hat falls off, and then they're like, thank God he's not wearing that anymore. (laughs) Oh,
0: muskie. Yeah, uh, that was certainly a, a fashion choice for uh, Perry Saturn that evening. Uh Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, Chris Benoit, and D Malenko, they're all part of this group called the Radicals at this point. That they'll play into they'll come into play later on in this match. But uh set up Guer- Guerrero cost test a match against X-Pac, in which he was a special guest. Ref said he would see test at WrestleMania. And uh Eddie Guerrero then tried to attack. Test to uh, start the match uh, from behind. They brawl to start. Test hit a powerbomb early for a near fall. Eddie then powders to the outside. They trade rights on the outside as Eddie rolls back into the ring. Eddie gets the advantage. Big rights in the corner. Test then whips Eddie into the, another corner. Press slams Eddie head first into the, into the corner. Uh, near fall for Test. An Irish whip into a back elbow. Scoop slam by test. And then he heads to the second rope. Eddie stops him, goes for a hurricane Rana test counters back elbow off the top by a very large test, six foot six test more rights from test test charges, sends him over the top rope test, then has his leg stuck in the rope. That looked rough.
1: Hmm. I saw that.
0: It was trapped pretty bad. It took a while to get it out.
1: Yeah. So it made me think while that, Spot could have been was most likely planned. He, they probably weren't expecting it to get stuck as hard as it did.
0: Yeah, it, like he it took like about a minute a minute or so to get that leg out, and then Saturn pounds on him while the ref's back is turned, and then uh Edgar's attacking Tess leg, stomp to the right leg, he's just focused on attacking the leg, then eventually. He forgets about the leg and a, a, a locks in a sleeper on Test. Tess struggles to get to the ropes. He fades. Eddie relinquishes it. Uh, as Test, then it's a Irish. Uh, Test hits a tilt a whirl slam on Eddie off an Irish whip, and then another Irish whip counter tilt a whirl into a beautiful power bomb. Um, I don't. I don't think I've seen that kind of counter before.
1: I haven't seen it that was i'm pretty sure that's the first time i've seen in that kind yeah
0: and then a uh, back elbow at a charging test in the corner test locks and a full nelson on a eddie full nelson on eddie ref is then distracted fisherman's neck breaker by saturn with the ref distracted only gets a near fall there's a lot of smoke and mirrors late in this match Brainbuster by eddie that was impressive uh, he heads up top mm-hmm. for the frog splash test moves, goes for the big boot. Eddie ducks pump handle power slam by test Saturn, then distracts him giving a chance for Eddie to recover. And Eddie gets, Eddie kicks out Saturn, then comes into the ring again, big boot to Guerrero test goes, Oh, goes for the cover. Malenko fellow radical member shows up and pulls test off the cover. Test then pulls Malenko up big right hand to test. Eddie then uses the belt to drill test while Malenko is distracting the ref. Eddie covers, gets the three count, winning the European Championship at a time of 8 minutes and 32 seconds. And uh, there is a lot going on during this match. And maybe it was to protect Test. I don't know exactly, but it was very overbooked. Eddie cheats, which becomes his thing, his gimmick—cheating uh, and winning. And uh, I gave this a C plus. It was very overbooked with lots of smoke and mirrors, distractions, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what were your thoughts on it, Jo?
1: So I. I am a big fan of when you can tell there's a game plan that what the wrestlers are using. So uh, you might've, I think you mentioned it. There was limb work, Eddie Guerrero, the smaller of the two. So the s- smart way to take out the big man is go for the legs, the injured leg. And I liked the limb work, the storytelling that it told. And it, it was how, what we know now as classic Eddie, you know, cheating some sh- shenanigans, but do do what you can to get the win. Um so I like that. I gave it a B.
0: Yeah, I just didn't like all the I I I got the game plan. I just was not a fan of the execution cuz there was just so much going on by the end of it, but like we said, we all have different opinions. Like we've said before on the show. We have all different opinions on matches, what we like and what we don't like. And that's okay. No need to get uh angry at one another especially we see that on social media these days it's like oh if you like this that's stupid okay it's just not my taste i I just it's just not for me that's that's the best way to put it i guess it's just not for me but uh up next man kurt angle versus chris benoit and angle has a mic in hand as he enters he's not a big fan of texas And glad he's having his match here tonight because he's going to show Chris Benoit and the 65,000 yeehaws that he'll never tap out. He also tells them to lose their cowboy hats, which is so funny looking back on it. He says, you're not seven years old. And the funny thing is, months later, Kurt would be wearing a cowboy hat alongside Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: That was my exact first thought as well when I heard him say that. And the funny thing is, it's not even—it's not even a regular cowboy hat that he wears. The one he wears is more ridiculous than the ones he's teasing him about. So I thought that was really funny.
0: And even Heyman on commentary, even, most, Heyman, on commentary. even Heyman on commentary most of the night here, he uh, he he gives crap to Jr. about his cowboy hat all night long. And it's just a constant running joke the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. The story build up to this match, though, is both guys tapping out to the other submission holds this past week. Um, we get a lot of amateur wrestling exchanges, which as a former amateur wrestler made me very happy. Uh, ben holding his own with the Olympic gold medalist, and, and I made the nose that some of the, this will be, so this is some of the best amateur wrestling you will see in a professional wrestling match.
1: I'm not gonna lie, uh, Sig Daddy. I replayed that opening sequence. I think two, three times. It was just so nice to see. I mean, I I didn't wrestle at all in high school. No amateur experience, but I know what it looks like and or how it's supposed to look. And it, it looked good.
0: And it was about as close to real as you can get. Like that in a professional setting, that's about as close to real as you can get. Because I was just super impressed by it. Um, Angle gets the advantage here. JR says Benoit claims to be the best technical wrestler in the WWF, which is kind of the story of this match. Who's the better technical wrestler here?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, what, I, what I loved here, too, was Heyman and JR describing each man's past. Like Angle's amateur yep. background and uh, Benoit's background, uh, tra- training in the Hart Dungeon and wrestling in Japan. Heyman mentioned that, which was really cool to s- hear.
1: I didn't see with that again showing my uh, ignorance at the time. Was I, I know new, I know new Japan has been a thing for decades along with WWE, but not knowing that it was mentioned back then was surprising to me. I don't know why, because you know, w, WWE always has that uh, rule I say with air quotes that they don't do it anymore obviously how but wwe was the only wrestling promotion that exists so mm-hmm. just hearing them talk about a different one was really surprising especially for what they were at the time
0: yeah that was what i really i liked that how Heyman addressed that and they don't do that anymore they don't really address the past or whatever company they came from because they kind of just still they still think WWE is kind of the only company that exists in the wrestling universe, which is, which, and it's, it's just WWE's way of doing things. That's, that's, that's just, it's just simple as that. Um, eventually, well, before that, I saw, I've made a note that the crowd didn't appreciate this near as much as I did that early amateur wrestling sequence um uh, benoit eventually lock, looks for the crippler's cross face angle then gets the ropes to break it up more amateur wrestling benoit then tries to get the cross face again angle backs himself into the ropes and gets out of the ring for a mental breather another takedown by kurt angle another attempt at the cross face by uh, benoit benoit then locks in the cross plate face for a split second before another rope break while benoit is chatting with the ref angle then He just turns this into a not not an amateur wrestling match anymore. This is a fight.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, And even though... Continue. I was going to say, even though they couldn't have done the amateur wrestling match the entire match because you said the fans weren't appreciating it, they wouldn't have liked the match if that's all it was. So they had to add, you know, another... Part to it i definitely liked the beginning sequence the beginning part of the match better
0: yeah and then uh eventually after the brawl they send oh, angle sends him out of the ring to turn into a brawl on the outside benoit sent shoulder first into the ring steps uh, suplex to benoit out inside the ring for a near fall back suplex for a near fall by angle Angle's in complete control now. Pounds and stomps Benoit into the corner. Benoit starts to fight back with chops. Irish whip into it. Belly-to-belly by Angle is patented belly-to-belly suplex. Then Angle stops. Benoit's momentum. Another belly-to-belly by Angle. Short-arm clothesline by Benoit. Angle with punches. Benoit's starting to fight back. They trade strikes in the corner. Benoit hits the kitchen sink on Angle. Right hands from Benoit. Whips Angle into the ropes. Forearm to Angle. Then a snap suplex by Benoit for a near fall. Then Benoit goes to set angle up on top, superplexes angle, uh, falls on angle for a two count, then whips angle sternum first, which is the Bret Hart bump, where he runs sternum first into the corner, which just always looks awful. Looks like you die. Uh, And then Benoit hits it. Mm -hmm.
1: Especially if you sell it, right?
0: Yeah. And then uh, Benoit hits the repeated Germans going for a third. Angle counters, goes for the ankle lock. Benoit I think counters into his own ankle lock briefly. Angle fights his way out of it, then goes for the Crippler's crossface. Angle tries to block. Angle counters it in his own version of the crossface, and uh, Benoit knocks Kurt into Jack Doan, the official, locks in the crossface on Angle. Angle taps out, but there's no ref. Angle then hits the angle slam on Benoit while his back is turned. Benoit then nearly just barely kicks out of out at two. And then Angle hits a scoop slam. Heads up top for the moonsault, which he almost always misses. Benoit hits, blocks it with his knees. Then Benoit goes up top, hits the flying headbutt. Angle then kicks out again. Angle then with a low blow mule kick as Benoit tries the German angle. And then a takedown by Benoit into a pinning combo as uh, Kurt counters at that into a roll up with the tights. And Angle gets the one, two, three at fourteen minutes and ten seconds.
1: So it was a nice, it was a nice, crisp match. I liked it.
0: It was great wrestling. Like they, and these guys had such good chemistry because they had another match at the Royal Rumble two thousand three that was also magnificent. These guys just worked so well together. Their styles were. Perfect for one another because they were pretty much the same sure. type of wrestler.
1: Perfect, their styles went perfect together.
0: And I, I just wish this match would get more love. I know circumstances, understandably so, have caused this match to not probably get looked at as much as it it would if if circumstances were different. But man, this is such a good match. I I, I gave it an A minus. I love the story. Who's the better technical wrestler? And then angle gets frustrated and he just turns into a fight. And uh, I liked it when they steal each other's moves. Move theft is always one of my favorite things. I always love seeing the uh, uh, wrestlers use their uh, other team members move other the, the their opponents moves, I mean. Um, and I like how angle had to use a shortcut to win. and uh, I just love the counters here.
1: The counters uh, as well for me. I'll talk about it again, the opening sequence, the amateur wrestling I thought was really good. And I'll also put down on my, on, on my notes as well, I'm a big fan when they steal each other's finishers. Uh, I gave it an A. Wow.
0: Great, ma- great match. Both of us have similar opinions on this. And a uh, wonderful match. And We get a gimmick battle royal graphic for, uh, for the upcoming match it's going to be happening later on. Then we get a WrestleMania pep rally video from Fort hood with the WWF superstars hanging out with the military, the armed forces members. And then we cut to angle backstage with Kevin Kelly, who is the new Japan wrestling, new Japan pro wrestling commentator play by play guy. Now Uh, he has to respect. Kevin Kelly says yes to respect Ben after tonight. Right. And then angle said, no, two men in the ring, the better man won. Angle says he's the best in the WF. And then Benoit comes in with the cross face on Angle. Angle taps out and he will not let go. The refs have to come in to relinquish it. And that just furthers the story and continues the uh, feud, which works out perfectly. Say so they're not
1: done with each other yet.
0: I think they ended up having an ultimate submission match at one point in their feud. Which we don't see those ever.
1: Submissions, no. <laughs>
0: it's like an Iron Man match, but with, with submissions, which is yeah. which I'd probably appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I love the technical side. I love my technical wrestlers. Some of the, my favorite wrestlers are technical wrestlers. So it's just how it works for me. Up next, we have China versus Ivory. For the WWF Women's Championship, Ivory's the champ at the time. China apparently broke her neck after Valvinus Pile drove her. Um, China then hurt her neck. Well, as a result, China was stretchered out at the Royal Rumble for this. Um, China then returns storyline building up to it and DDTs Ivory. And during a bra and panties match, China ripped her clothes off. And then uh, China gets a letter of indemnification. If Ivory breaks China's neck, there's going to be no repercussions for it. And right to censor is banned from ringside for this match. And then we get China's entrance, which is a fireworks gun, which was pretty badass.
1: Mm hmm. Thought so.
0: And then uh, China throws the ref aside, allowing Ivory to hit China with the belt to start the match, attacks the neck of China. This is not, this doesn't go very long. Ivory goes for a kick in the corner, Ivory gets thrown down. China with forearms and stomps in the corner. Ref has to get involved to break it up. Uh, hip toss and clotheslines. Ivory off Irish whips, followed by a back body drop. China then power bombs Ivory, covers, lifts Ivory before the three count. Adds insult to injury, presses Ivory up in the air and just drops her nonchalantly. Covers Ivory. Nonchalantly covers Ivory to win the women's title. And that's it. That was enough to get the three count. And uh, I gave it a D plus. It was a squash. And it kind of, and then China just kind of completely ignored selling the neck after
1: like thirty seconds. I gave it a. See, I really didn't have any notes to say it was just that short of a match. Um, I, I wrote down more annoying theme music from ivory yeah it was the
0: same right to censor song so yeah yeah (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i gave it a c minus actually
1: oh we're pretty close on that so we're pretty close on it i mean they went out there they did their job i just you know i i hope they had fun i'm sure they did so c
0: minus all right and china holds the title until she eventually i'll just kind of follow this up china holds the title until she vacates it and leaves the company in november um, then we go backstage with Vince, Trish, and Stephanie asking if trip Trish doubled Linda's doses. Linda has been in a comatose state for quite a while here, where she's just kind of staring into the wind. Uh, Michael Cole wants to get Vince's thoughts on uh on Shane. I forgot Michael Cole was a backstage. You almost forget Michael Cole's a backstage guy for a long time.
1: But, I did uh, a double take on. I thought that's who that was, but then I wasn't sure. But yeah, sure enough, it was Marco Cole.
0: And uh, he chose to get Vince's thoughts on Shane buying WCW. Vince says, you will get shocking tonight. I guarantee it. And then we get a video package showing Vince's relationship with Trish while Linda is heavily drugged. Shane then challenges him. Vince says he'll never forgive his mother for giving birth to him, which was very dark. Very dark.
1: (laughs) Put that on my notes, too. It, real quick, if I could say, I knew about I knew about this match. I knew about the storyline involved. My God, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I just have to say, this storyline was absolutely ridiculous. It's the attitude era.
0: that's that's it's pretty much ridiculous. And uh, eventually Shane buys WCW from underneath Vince. Vince said he owned WCW, but the name on the contract wasn't Vince McMahon. It was Shane McMahon and Shane says he's he finalized the deal with WCW.
1: I wonder if that will lead to anything.
0: Uh maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the was it some word it's called uh it's evasion? The, uh, the Vasion? uh in <laughs> no non-vasion? Oh, is the invasion uh, that's better not talked about. But uh <laughs> what could have been? Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon with Stephanie McMahon and, uh, Vince's, McMahon corner. and uh, Vince's corner.. Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon with Stephanie McMahon and uh, Shane and not Shane's Corner, but Vince's corner. And uh, it's kind of weird seeing Shane coming out to no chance in hell
1: I didn't mind it because I also wrote I, in my in my notes, I put uh, Mr. McMahon's theme underrated. Very
0: underrated. I like it. <laughs> so and, uh, I didn't
1: mind it, but yeah, it threw me for a loop. And uh
0: Shane's rocking the Shane O'Mac jersey, and it says Vince. We have a problem with the X Seven on the back. And Shane, before the match gets on the mic, and says, "Special shout out to the new stars from WCW, which they couldn't even find them on the camera at first. Mm-mm. They're so far away in one of the skyboxes. Lance Storm, Johnny Ace, John Laurinaitis. I could see." along with Bill DeMont, Stacey Keebler, just to name a few of them. And then he introduces Mick Foley as the special guest referee for this match. He's the only one that can call this action. Um, Vince with a slap and strikes to start. They're beating the crap out of Shane. Vince is. He is. uh, Choking him. Vince with some stomps in the corner. A lot of this match, there's not a lot of action, as to say, for this match. It's a lot of story. And uh, Shane hits one punch to Vince. Vince continues to choke him in the corner, peppering him with knees. Shane then begins to fight back. Hits a big clothesline on Vince. Uh, Spear punches and mounts Vince. Axe handles to Vince. Elbow to the spine. Stephanie enters the ring and slaps Shane in the face. And then Shane baseball slides Vince on the outside. Vince then gets clocked in the head by a keep-off sign. Shane continues to lay into Vince with it. Uh, Shane chokes Vince with an extension cord, uh, slams Vince's head into the steel steps. Shane then dies off a security wall into a clothesline. We get a kendo stick as he spins it around and waylays Vince in the back with it. And then the stomach. Shane with his signature lefts and rights, taking Vince down. Then we take apart the Spanish announce desk, which is not the first time we'll talk about that here tonight on this uh, mm-hmm. here today on this episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show because This, the Spanish announce desk, he had a rough night. Had a very rough night. Sends Vince face first into the announce table and hits him with the TV monitor. Shane then heads up top, goes for his big elbow drop from the top rope. Steph pulls Vince off the announce table at the last second and Shane crashes through the table. And this is where a lot, there's a dead part in the match. Very, it's, this is where all the story and the, and the stuff kicks in at this point. Because first thing we do is get Trish wheeling the sedated Linda down the ramp to the outside, to the ringside. Then Trish talks to Vince and consoles him for a minute. As the storyline was going, Vince was having an extramarital affair with Trish Stratus. Oh, um, God. Trish slapping Vince. Then Steph slaps Trish. Trish and... Spears Steph into the ring apron and they just end up brawling up the ramp at one point. Uh Steph then oh that's that's before that. Before that, Steph slaps Mick as he tries to break up the fight. And then Steph trips running up the ramp. So Trish followers follows her all the way to the back. And at this point, Vince and Shane have been a, down for probably about close to five minutes.
1: It was a long time. Took a nap for a long time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was a long wait, but it was the story kicking in. Vince finally stirs and calls his wife, the five letter word for a female dog. Hmm. And then Mick prevents Vince from striking her. Vince grabs a steel chair and hits Mick in the back and in the head with it. Clocks Mick over the head with it. Vince then drills Shane in the head with a uh, with a chair with a trash can because Vince throwing four, I threw like three or four trash cans into the ring continues to batter Shane with another trash can as he trash talks to Linda. And uh, before that, before all that, when Vince was throwing the trash cans into the ring, he set he threw he got Linda out of her wheelchair, put her into the ring, set her on the chair, and had her watch him as he beat up Shane with the trash cans. And then, as Vince was going for the third trash can, he raises it up, and Shane points as Linda rises from the from the dead. Out of the chair, and the crowd just absolutely freaking loses it here.
1: Loses it. It's insane to hear. I never would say
0: I never would have thought Linda McMahon, Linda McMahon gets a pop.
1: <laughs> exactly. Who that sent the sentence you just said? Never.
0: For standing up.
1: For, <laughs> for standing stand, up.
0: For standing up. And then Vince has their trash can raised. Shane points. Linda kicks him in the nads. And then Mick decides to beat the crap out of Vince in the corner because he's got to get his payback. And then a then Shane wedges the trash can in the corner, coast to coast to the trash can into Vince's face. Brutal spot. Shane covers and ends it at 14 minutes and 11 seconds as Mick makes the three count.
1: So with the ridiculous story and, you know, the whole... Marital affair, cheating, drugging your wife, which I have to say, Linda knows how to sell being drugged. Her faces, like in the promo and during the match, are pretty good. I'll say that. But with all of the ridiculousness, this match had no right to be as good as it was. No, it did team. not. It did it, not. <laughs> like, man, it was. It was awesome. I'm, I'm sorry. It was fun. It was awesome. Um, I could give my, oh, also a note. I, another thing with the uh, being underrated, the coast to coast, man. I don't think I've he- ever heard anyone talk about like, oh, my favorite finishers are the Stunner, the Swanton Bomb, Sweet Chin Music. No one, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say the coast to coast. That is such a nice move. And it's got to be horrible for the guy doing it. Oh, there's you can be trained all you want, but you're taking a bump once you use that move. Like it hurts.
0: It it's like the Van Daminator is the same kind of thing too. Yeah. It's the it's the same kind of it's the same move pretty much. But like Van Dam mm-hmm. Van Dam does it with like a chair, which is oh gosh, it's rough. But uh yeah, this this had better than it, it was better than any it had any right of being. Like it was just a lot of fun. I gave it a B. Absolutely. It was more story than a match, but it was just bonkers attitude era stuff that led all led to Linda standing up and kicking Vince and the nads, which was what the fans wanted, and that's that's a sign yeah. of giving with the fans what they want. Crowd popped huge, and we got a very satisfactory ending with Vince getting his up his comeuppance.
1: I'd say I liked how it was it it ended up being. Everyone ganging up on Vince McMahon. It was Linda, and then you talked about Mick Foley got in on it, and then Shane finishing him off. I actually gave it an A plus. Oh wow! Hey, you loved it. Hey, that's good. I
0: that I I had a lot. I'll say that match was so much fun. Unlike and, like, and uh, when I did the Stranger Rings podcast uh, for WrestleMania nineteen, like that the Hogan match and Vince match, that was just it was better than any at any right of being. Yep.
1: But uh, so Vince can put on a show when he, when he had to.
0: Yeah, he did. Uh, after that, WCU guys, WCU guys are celebrating, cheering him on for as Shane won. And then we get to see the Hardys at Fan Access with Kevin Kelly. They're kind of selling the fact that this match is going to be brutal. It's going to be rough. The TLC match, upcoming TLC match. And uh, Triple H and Undertaker are both shown. Backstage getting prepared for their match later on. And up next, TLC2 WWF World Tag Team Championship match Christian and Edge, the Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray and Devon taking on the Hardy Boys, Jeff and Matt Hardy. And you look at this, you look at this uh, match, four of these guys are wrestling still actively. These guys
1: are Ironman. It's crazy.
0: I I don't even understand how. After watching this match, which is is just insane, and and I'm gonna give like a move by move description of it. It doesn't it undersells the match for what it is. It's gonna be a total underselling of this. To start this match, to start this match, the Dudleys and the Hardys beat on Edge and Christian. And uh, then the Dudleys and Hardys brawl whip uh, Bubba and Devon into the corner. Poetry in motion. Edge and Christian take out the Hardys and Dudleys with a ladder, like pretty much clotheslining with a ladder. Matt then gets hung in a tree of woe as Edge and Christian stomp on uh, Matt Hardy's groin. Um, then there's a drop toe hold to Jeff face first into a chair, which looked horrible. Mm. Edge then in the ring, climbing a ladder. Matt with rights to Edge in the corner. Edge hops off a chair. Here comes the wild spots to start. Edge hops off a chair and clotheslines Matt off a ladder. These spots just got crazier and crazier as the match goes along. Insane. And then Jeff hops off Matt and drop kicks Edge off a ladder. Baseball slide to Bubba and Devon with a ladder. Matt then sets up separate ladders into the corner. I forgot to mention Hardy set poetry in motion at one point, but uh, Matt and Jeff set up separate ladders in corner, in opposite corners. They hit the move. It's called Event Omega, their former company they ran in North Carolina, their own little wrestling company, the Organization of Modern Extreme Grappling Arts. It's called Event Omega. Combination of a leg drop and splash combo, always beautiful. Hardys then get disposed. Edge scoop slam. Scoop slammed by Bubba, headbutt to the groin of Edge off the Wazap, which was back a thing back in the early 2000s, and that that was a yeah. Devon had to cover some distance there. That was three quarters
1: of the way across the ring. That was far. Well, I was watching them set it up. I noticed, like, damn, he's kind of far.
0: And then that's the sign, Devon, get the tables. Bubba sets up Edge the, on a table. Bubba ir- reverses an Irish whip. Jeff counters the kick to the face, goes for a Hurricane Rana. Bubba then catches him. And this is one of the most brutal spots of the match you'll see. As Edge is laying on the table, Bubba catches Jeff Hardy and powerbombs him through Edge and the table at the same time. And Jeff, like, he took that all on his neck.
1: Oh, cringed seeing that.
0: I don't know how Jeff Hardy walks. I, I, I don't know. And then dudleys they set up four tables on the outside by the ramp. Then there's then there's three ladders all set up side by side in the ring. They all end up climbing at the same time. Everyone ends up falling. But I would say, I don't know about you, J.O., but Christian takes the worst spill from the ring all the way to the
1: floor. I was going to say, out of all of them, Christian definitely had the worst one. No, he, no, ray At it, just straight floor. Like he'd even, like Matt hit, at
0: least hit the ropes. Christian hit nothing.
1: Nothing. And I think Christian's the
0: master of, of, he's the master of not hitting the ropes or anything off those.
1: I'll say uh, looking at the fall, I think he fell the best way he could have or should have, but that hurts no matter what. Like no matter what you do, that's going to hurt.
0: And Christian just had a ladder match recently too. Think about that. (sighs) Christian just had another ladder match here last weekend. Um, like I said, everyone's every, everyone ends up falling off the ladders. Christian sets up a table on the outside edge climbs a ladder. And then each uh, team's kind of running mate runs down the ring. Uh, first, it's Spike Dudley he hits the Dudley dog on edge. Spike then Dudley dogs Christian through the table on the outside set up on the outside Uh, Rhino then shows up to to Edge and Christian's aid, uh, takes Jeff off the ladder, takes Devon out and gores Bubba. Gores Matt Hardy through a table in the corner. And then Rhino puts Edge on the ladder to climb. Lita then arrives, takes Edge off the ladder. Rhino presses Lita. Spike low blows him. Then Lita hits her signature Hurricane Rana to Rhino. And then Spike clocks Rhino with the chair, tipping over the, then causes Rhino to tip over the ladder where Edge was on, and then uh Dudleyville device, which is a doomsday device, onto Rhino. They're trying to take out these guys, a uh, third person, pretty much to, and then lead a clock spike in the head with the chair. Like it was, he ju- she just laid into Spike with this. Spike took all of it.
1: Uh, one of the notes I put down earlier were. A lot of head chair shots again, different time period of the WWE, but yeah, a lot. <laughs> there were a lot of them.
0: And after uh, Lita gets hit spike in the head with a chair, she turns right around, she actually ripped her shirt off, exposing her bra, and then she just eats a 3D. Uh, mm-hmm. Edge and Christian taking out the Dudleys with chairs. Jeff Hardy takes the big ladder from Christian. As uh, Edge was, I think, asking Christian to go get the big ladder, Jeff ends up taking it away from him. Heads up top with Rhino and Spike prone on the tables. He's trying to take out those third person, third pe- the uh, managers pretty much I'll say. They're they're running mates. And there's Rhino and Spike are prone on the tables. Jeff Swanton's off the ladder through Rhino and Spike through a table. Just broke one of them, not two of them. And uh, that's another signature spot for Jeff Hardy's highlight reel hmm That ladder was huge. Didn't
1: they say it was what 20 feet?
0: It was bigger than it was like about the same height as the one sitting in the ring. Yeah. Like that's... like well on top of the ring. Like it was it was ridiculous. And then uh after the uh Swanton, uh Edge has the big ladder. Christian and Devon climb both. They both have their hands on the title belt, the title cable. Matt pulls the ladder out from underneath them. And then Christian kicks Devon off the ladder. Devon is known to be like deathly scared of heights, deathly scared of heights, which he ends up going down first. Then Christian eventually falls. Jeff then tries to pull off the most whack thing I've ever seen in my life. There are three ladders lined up like to the title. He tries to tightrope it and walk it. He ends up falling down. He does climb the ladder, doesn't make it, but he tops that here in a few moments. He grabs the title belts, losing his balance. He gets his feet back underneath the ladder for a moment, but then Bubba Ray ends up taking the ladder away from Jeff, just leaving there, leaving them, leaving him there hanging. And Edge is up top, up in the probably about the middle rung of the big, big ladder. Jeff just hanging there, and Edge. Spears Jeff off the ladder, sending them both crashing to the mat. The most memorable spot that gets replayed so many times that's been on replay for forever.
1: And it just looks horrible. Sig Daddy, that specific spot, it, it could be a random Tuesday, like throughout the week. And I'm just sitting sittin', uh, at work or on my break. And then I'll think to myself, I want to watch that spot again where Edge spears Jeff off of the ladder. And I do that. I've done that ever since I first saw that clip. And that clip is anytime I'm talking to someone about wrestling and they say, oh, wrestling's fake, oh, da, da, da I show them that, that clip. Yeah, it's you want to like, say wrestling's week.
0: fake? <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, that, that's, that was not, that's pain.
1: That's pain, yeah. That usually shuts them up, I should say. But iconic spot, like when I I saw it was coming up, there was just a big smile on my face. Like, bro, I, I love that spot so much.
0: And it was rough on both guys. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you think you you think it can't get any crazier here? Because yeah, like I honestly, the way this is built, they they kind of built the spots up it's like okay yeah. this one that's bigger 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 and then this this like i it's not looked at as much as the edge spear off the ladder but i, I you got to talk about it because matt and bubba are up next or up on the top of the ladder rhino pushes the ladder sending matt and bubba ray through the four tables that the dudley set up on the outside earlier in the match it looked that was that was a car crash like an absolute car crash they all go They both go through those four tables. And then Rhino gets Christian on his shoulders. Devon's on the ladder, but Edge is holding his leg. And Rhino, assisting Christian, Christian's able to grab the titles before Devon can. And they they, uh, win the WWF World Tag Team Championships at 15 minutes and 50 seconds. What a ride. That match was a ride. And uh, it was just it's, it was an insane ride. Like it is the greatest car crash you will ever see. There's so many memorable moments that stick out the power bomb to Jeff through the table, the Swanton off the ladder, the spear from edge, the, the finale of Bubba and Matt crashing through the tables. The man the third people for the third person for each team. Coming out and helping out. There's so many standout moments in the this match. That's why I think it lives on for as as long as it has. It's still looked at as the greatest TLC
1: match ever. It's hard to argue that. And uh, Sigday, I I feel like I should say that when you're talking about people who were still wrestling from this match, we have to mention that Lita had a run recently.
0: I forgot. And Rhino is still around too in Impact. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even. Freaking wild, man. Uh, And so I want to ask.
1: Yeah, I did want to ask, ask you what you thought about it, though, because you mentioned it. I wrote it down. What was Jeff trying to do with those ladders? Was he going to walk across it and do like a leg drop onto who is it? Christian on the bottom or was he just trying to.
0: I think he was trying to walk his way to the titles. Okay. He was trying to walk to the cross the ladders and grab the titles. And I think that was eventually going to set up that spear spot anyway.
1: Oh, okay. I see how that would work. See, I thought maybe he was going to do a jump walk across and then do a leg drop on. Yeah. Christian on the bottom, I think, but no, that, yeah, I could see that. That makes sense.
0: But uh, do you have, you have your grade for this?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I gave an A plus.
0: Same. I, I couldn't. I couldn't give it anything lower.
1: I no. I, you can't give this thing
0: anything lower.
1: Anything lower would be an injustice.
0: An insult to everybody that was involved in this match. It is one of the best. It is the best TLC match ever. And I and there, there, some people probably have an argument, but I don't think there is much of an argument here. No i i've seen i've seen tlc one this is better and the, the and ever the, ever since this match they've been trying to reach that mark and it's it's almost impossible to reach with what they did here and uh we get a cool down though afterward we get a more fan access stuff and then we get the gimmick battle royal we get a, we get the attendance announcement first which is most people for most people ever for an event in the Astrodome, the Reliant Astrodome, 67,925. But, man, the nostalgia here coming up. Even though this is a cool down, it was just so much fun. So we get Mean Gene Okerlund as the play-by-play guy, and Bobby the Brain Heenan as the color analyst for this match. Rest in peace to those legends. Those, those, those are some of the goats, Mean Gene and Bobby the Brain. Um, we start this match, uh, not match, but we – the entrances. The entrances last about three times as long as the match.
1: Oh,
0: it definitely. So we have Bushwhacker, Butch, and Luke, Duke the Dumpster, Drozy, Iron Sheik. Um, then oh my god, Heenan had one of the best lines of the show. By the time Iron Sheik gets to the ring, it'll be WrestleMania 38. And that's WrestleMania. And the funny thing about this is how appropriate it is. WrestleMania, I'm pretty sure it's WrestleMania 38 this year. (laughs) Oh, wow. Let me look at it. I got to make sure. I got to make sure. I got to double check this because if I, if I'm going to make sure to fact check this before I. Oh, my gosh, it is. So Iron Sheik's still making his way to the ring now.
1: So that's why you picked uh, WrestleMania X7 to do because it's timely.
0: I didn't, even realize I, no I didn't even realize. I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no absolutely idea. no idea. Absolutely no idea. I had absolutely no idea this was going to be that. It, it. It. He would say this line here. I'm like, that just blew my mind. I was sitting there watching it today, and I was like, what? I had to. I had to. Re- okay. I had to rewind it like once or twice. What are What are the odds? Uh, then we get earthquake and goon, Doink the Clown, uh, Kamala with Harvey Whippleman and Kimchi, Repo Man, which is Simon Miller's favorite, by the way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: From what culture? Jim Cornette. I'm like, oh God, is in there. Nikolai Nicol- Volkov, Freebird. P.S. Michael Hayes. Michael P.S. Hayes. One Man Gang. Gobbly Gooker, Tugboat. Hillbilly Jim. And B- Hillbilly Jim was like he's in the best shape out of everybody in this match. Uh, brother love shows up says i love you which is brother love uh, it's bruce pritchard that's in he's in his home state and then sergeant slaughter is the last one to enter this match and i said the entrances is probably tripled the time of this match it was just cool to see the entrances of these legends and sometimes less known gimmicks of the 90s even
1: i say it was, it was pretty cool um out of all of those i think the gobble gobbledygooker was probably my favorite Personally, I don't know about you.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I wouldn't say that, but but uh, the Repo Man is the first one to get eliminated. Then Gooker is next, followed by Tugboat. These are happening, like, super quickly. Earthquake gets eliminated by Kamala. Kimchi's eliminated next. I think Luke of the Bushwhackers is gone, followed by Cornet. Drosy gets dumped by Doink. Full Cough is gone, then Butch. Kamala eliminates Doink. Michael Hayes then gets eliminated, one man Gang Yang, then Slaughter eliminates Kamala. Then there's the final four of Hillbilly Jim, Slaughter, Brother Love, and Iron Sheik, which lasts about all of two seconds because Slaughter then eliminates Love, Jim eliminates Slaughter, and then Sheik dumps out Hillbilly Jim to win the Battle Royal. And the story is Iron Sheik could not take a bump over the top rope. That's why he won the match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, after the match, Slaughter and Sheik brawl. Sheik Slaughter puts Sheik in the Cobra clutch. And I didn't realize this. I looked in the background. Teddy Teddy Long's there to back it up, to break things up.
1: Teddy Long, really?
0: Yep, Teddy Long was an official.
1: Huh. Holla, holla. Uh, let me ask you this, Sig <laughs> Daddy. Who, who, was there an Iron Man for this Battle Royale? You know, like with the...
0: <laughs> I'm not that insider. <laughs> Uh, I could not tell you who lasted the long, there was not really an Iron Man because everyone, well, technically everyone was in the ring at the same time.
1: Okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's yeah. not a Royal Rumble. <laughs> but,
0: but honestly, I love this as a cool down. I just like to seeing the entrances and Bob, hearing Bobby, the brain and mean gene on the commentary was great. And I liked it how that just served as a great cool down for the TLC match. And uh, I gave it a B minus. I gave it a C. And it was just, it it served its purpose. I'd say that's what it did for me. Yeah. And it only went um, approximately, let's look at the time here, three minutes and 50 seconds, according to Cage Match. Jeez. But it was fun while it lasted. And we get a little more serious next. It's The Undertaker versus Triple H. And Triple H, uh, in the lead-up to this, is saying he's beating everybody. And Taker then tells him, if you try me, I'll make you famous. And uh, Taker's waiting for Triple H in a parking lot with a lead pipe. Taker goes to jail after Taker bashes a limousine. Triple H then goes to Regal. for He wants full charges. And then he gets a restraining order on Stephanie, so Undertaker can't come within 20 feet. But... Taker finds a loophole. Kane grabs her and is ready to toss her from 20 feet up in the air, which is scary. It was off a freaking uh, staircase. And then uh, Taker wants a match with Triple H at Mania. Regal grants Taker's request. and We get the match, and uh, Triple H at one point in the storyline destroys Taker's motorcycle. And then we get to the entrances here. And Motorhead plays Triple H out to the ring. And I don't think Lemmy knew the lyrics to the song at that point.
1: I mean, if he was ad Livingham, I, I wouldn't have been able – okay, so to be honest, I, even if they were wrong, uh, I really couldn't understand him that well to know what the lyrics he was saying were. I mean, I heard the – it's all about the game. That's an easy one to hear. But then I, I couldn't tell you what the actual lyrics were from that. I don't know. He, he wasn't very good. I'll say that it was. <laughs> I like the
0: WrestleMania 21 performance better by Lenny there, but uh, oh. but then Taker he rides out to Roll and he gets a giant pop from the uh, Houston crowd, yeah. the native Texan, and they uh, brawl on the outside to start. And let's note this now, before we get any further, a lot of these matches didn't start with collar elbow tie ups.
1: I mean, honestly, yeah, that and the fact that they didn't even, um, no stare downs, no announcing of in in this corner standing so-and-so. Yeah, as soon as both people were in the ring, they just went at it, which honestly, I didn't mind.
0: It's different from what we see now, but Mm. it was like every match practically was a brawl at the beginning, but, uh... We had, this, we had a brawl to start this one with Taker getting the advantage early on. Um, the second Spanish announce table. So they had the Spanish announce table broken from the Shane McMahon Vince McMahon match. They set up just a regular table there with the monitors and everything on it. Triple H ends up on it, and then it just collapses in the background with Triple H on it. Rough night for
1: I mean, the Spanish t-
0: announce table.
1: i say, yeah, always the Spanish announce table. <laughs> uh,
0: the bell gets rung as Triple H gets thrown into the ring. Big rights from Taker. Triple H with the whip and the high knee. Taker no-sells. Big rights in the corner by Taker. Backdrop, big clothesline in the corner. And uh, he hits another clothesline in the opposite corner. Running power slam. I thought he was going to go for snake guys there. Then he misses the big running elbow drop. Um, Irish whip by Hunter. Leaping clothesline by Taker. Taker goes for old school waste. Takes way too much time. Triple H ends up throwing him off the top of the top rope. Triple H then hits a nek, br- neck neckbreaker, uh, elbow to the back of Taker, and then elbows a prone a- Taker on the apron. Mike Chioda is the, the apron, official, Mike by Kioda the way. Is the official, by the way, the, the goat in this match. Yeah. Uh, then neckbreaker by Triple H for uh, multiple near falls. Triple H then tries to intimidate Chioda. Taker with shots to the midsection of Triple H uppercuts. Irish whip by Taker. Triple H counters into the face buster, the patented face buster by Triple H. Triple H then throws the timekeeper over the wall, grabs his patented sledgehammer. The timekeeper had a rough time here in the last couple of matches here. I felt bad for Mr. Mark Yeaton, who was the timekeeper in these last two matches. Who was the timekeeper throughout the night, but he had a really tough time in these last two matches. Uh, Triple H throws Kyoto away. Kyoto takes the sledgehammer as Triple H was trying to hit Taker with it. Then he ducks right, goes for a pedigree. Then Undertaker counters it into a double leg, catapults Triple H into the corner, crushing Kyoto. Then Triple H hit, gets hit with a choke slam by Taker for a near fall. Taker then is like, screw this, I'm going to stomp the official and drops the elbow on him which turned this ultimately into a no-DQ match.
1: Oh, poor Mike.
0: And then uh, Taker sends Triple H to the outside, backdrops Triple H onto the concrete over the barricade, and they fight up the aisle throughout the crowd. They get near the production equipment at one point. Taker is pounding Triple H with rights as they're up in the production area. Uh, Triple H goes higher up on the platform. Taker, Taker follows. Triple H grabs a chair and hits Taker with it. And just he, with the gut in the back, hits him in the head, just continued chair shots all over Triple H's body. Taker eventually goozles Triple H, choke slams him down to, below to the abyss, which then you look at the replay as a pad four feet below. Mm-hmm. And then Taker dives off the, the uh, platform with an elbow drop to Triple H. And then they eventually work their way back to the ring from the crowd. Kyoto's still out of the, out in the ring, which has been for, like, at this point, Kyoto's been out for, like, eight or about, about ten minutes.
1: I mean, I don't know. I think an elbow drop from The Undertaker would do that to a guy. Take him out for ten <laughs> minutes?
0: <laughs> Kyoto was selling this like it was death. It was, he was uh, selling it like it got, it got hit with a finisher. Um, <laughs> Taker looks at the sledgehammer in the ring and grabs it. He wants revenge. Sledgehammer forces the sledgehammer, Jr. T- t- talks about this, or Hay- uh, Heyman does. The sledgehammer forced Taker to get 16 staples on his head. We can see the scar on his head during the match. He gets low-blowed by Triple H. Then Triple H runs at Taker with the sledgehammer and eats a big boot. They're exchanging bombs. Triple H looks for a tombstone at one point. Taker then counters it and hits it. No count from Kyota. Taker then slams Kyota down to wake him up. From his long slumber. (laughs) He might as well have set a pillow in there for Kyoto as he was going to take a nap during this time. But uh Taker signifies the last ride. Triple H grabs the sledgehammer, smashes Taker in the head with it as he goes up for the last ride. Taker barely kicks out of that. Taker then now busted open from the sledgehammer. Kyoto is alive, we realize. Uh, Triple H then pounds Taker with rights in the corner. He gets cocky and starts showboating. Taker then lifts him up. Last ride, game over for Triple H. One, two, three. Taker wins, keeping his undefeated streak alive.
1: Nine and zero. Oh.
0: And uh, some people are big fans of this match. Like some, there's some. Like uh, I think Cage Match had something. Had it rated at like eight and eight. I'm not as big of a fan as this mat of this match as some people are. I don't know what your thoughts on it. Uh,
1: okay. Well, first of all, I'm not the biggest fan of American Badass Taker. Um, Dead Man persona is always going to be the best, but it was an all right match. Um, I do like the. Yeah, I guess Mike showed it being out for 10 minutes, if you would really think about it, it was kind of why they did that. But I like the things they did during that. Um that chokeslam looked good, like first watching, but then yeah, on the replays, you could see, you know, what they did, the mat and everything. It was nice seeing uh, taker and you know when he's still at the top and not, you know, s- slowly on the decline. That mm-hmm. was nice. Um but it wasn't It didn't feel like what a WrestleMania Undertaker match would be like it did later on.
0: Well, you look at you look at the Taker you look at Taker's WrestleMania matches up until this point. They were not very good most of them. Like most of all, this was probably the best one at this point. And I'm still not a big fan of this match.
1: And. In the, in the package where they showed how this match happened at WrestleMania, that made me feel a little weird. Like, really? That's how that happened? I mean, I get there was a feud going on, but the fact that uh, it was regals, like, please, well, what can I do? Like, I'll do anything. It was like, I want to match with uh, uh, Triple H at WrestleMania. That just didn't feel right to me. I don't know if that's just me.
0: I don't know. Yeah, uh, I was okay with it. it. wasn't a big deal to me that that part of it. This match went eighteen minutes and twenty seven seconds. By the way,
1: this one I could kind of feel that it was long. Yeah, I could kind of feel that.
0: And uh, I um, gave it, I gave it a B minus. Um, I said this is a brawl that probably would have probably would have benefited from being a no DQ match in the first place. I understand we had a bunch of other gimmick matches in this pay-per-view already, but I thought this was still pretty fun with the sledgehammer being a major part in the match, but I could tell it was very, there was a lot of animosity in this feud, but the real, Mm -hmm. the major thing I just didn't like about this match was Kyoto being out for like over half of it.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. Uh, We were again, pretty close. I gave it a B.
0: And then uh, we see after that the rock and Steve Austin getting ready for the main event. And this feels like a main event, like the way they're showing backstage and stuff. I wish they do this now. They don't, I don't know if they do. I don't feel like they do this now. They show these guys backstage getting ready for their big matches.
1: You know what? I think you're right. I don't think they do do that. I don't think anybody does
0: that anymore. Somebody could capitalize off that, and it'd be really cool, I, I, I would think. I, that's me, but.
1: No, I think, you, I think you nailed it with what you just said there because it felt like a main event, and then now that I think about it, it was almost like a main event if you're watching a boxing or a UFC match match fight because think about it. That's what they do at those events. Like, the people in the main event, you, they you see them taping up their knuckles, their gloves, getting ready, warming up. And then it gets you hyped for when the main event rolls around. And that's exactly what they did here.
0: I, 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 You've nailed it on the head there, Jo. you nailed it on the head there. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. The Rock defending his WWF championship. This is the second match of their trilogy at WrestleMania. No DQ. Was announced when they got to the ring, but no DQ match for the WWF Championship, and the video package to this is one. Of, it's one of the best things you'll ever see, and that's. I'm speaking in hyperbole there, but it, it. you, if you want to watch a good wrestling video package, you watch this one.
1: This one was good. Uh, that one again was one I replayed. Uh, a few times before I actually went on to the match. It gets you so hyped for it,
0: and the music—they set it to "My Way" by Limp Biscuit. They used pretty much the whole song in there. It sounded like, my goodness, right. what a video package!
1: That's and, so, and when with my comment in the beginning of this uh, episode, I wasn't saying Limp Biscuit was bad, um, but this—the song—what was perfect for this video package. And uh, the lead-up to this is Austin
0: wins the Royal Rumble. And uh, The Rock wins the WWF title from Kurt Angle at No Way Out a month earlier. Uh, Deborah, Steve Austin's wife, was kind of involved briefly in this feud, managing The Rock. Austin then takes Deborah out of the equation, he says. And Austin says he needs the WWF title more than ever here. He is like... He is a different stone cool. He is more aggressive than ever. And it shows in this match, but the rock comes out to start the, he's the first one to enter here. And I don't know about you when, when it comes to tears of the rocks theme music, this one's up at the top for me.
1: I, I would agree. I definitely would agree. I just, I
0: don't know, but this is the one I know that this is one I'm, I just like, and, uh, we get Austin coming out. Actually, yeah, I don't know if Austin came out first or second. I think Austin came out first, didn't he? Yeah, Austin came out first. But uh, they brawled the start. Of course, it's this. They brawl the start. Uh, Fez pressed to the Rock. Crowd is super hot for this. Forearm drops to Rock. Irish whip. Rock counters with a swinging neckbreaker. Rock goes for a Rock bottom. Austin goes for the stunner. Rock goes for a stunner. They're going for the big shots early. Rock gets then sent out to the outside by Austin. Austin with the rights to Rock over the railing. Vice versa, back over the guardrail, Austin goes. Austin eventually gets his head slammed into the announcer's table. Austin with a big right to Rock, breaks the knee brace onto the eyes of the Rock, boots the back of Rock's head. Austin then chokes Rock along with the rope. Eventually sets Rock up on the second rope, and I, Jr. made a note. I think is Rock was 28 years old here.
1: Right, I that uh, caught my attention as well. 28 years old.
0: WrestleMania main eventer, and then Austin hits a superplex on him, and he nonchalantly covers Rock for a near fall. There is the, the momentum switches in this match are constant. There is there's a lot of times where they go back and forth, back and forth turning tides and momentum here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Austin eventually exposes the top turnbuckle. Rock fights back. Rock with a clothesline. Belly to belly for a long two count. Austin Groggy gets clotheslined over the top rope by Rock. And then Rock drives Austin's face into the announced table and timekeeper's table. Earl then trips over the ring steps along with Rock. Um, Austin hits Rock with the ring bell. Bust Rock open. And uh, notice Rock's mom is ringside here. Mama Rock. Yep. And uh, the timekeeper, Mark Yeaton, then gets thrown by Austin again. Man, he is just having a rough time here tonight, especially in these last Poor two guy. matches. Gets no respect. No. And then Austin lays into the with the rights in to Rock as Rock's busted open. He slams Rock's head onto the announce table. Rock crawled over the table. But then the announced tables were having a tough night as well here because that just that table collapses. Rock was on it. Mm-hmm. And then JR says, Oh, we have no monitors now, so we have to look up the we look, to look up at the ramp or whatever to see what's going on. They can't see anything. But Austin here is in complete control. Rock is I noted Rock's selling here was just on point.
1: Um, oh man, no one. I'll get to it a little bit later, but yeah. Rock's always been good at selling.
0: Then Austin with the Mount rock uh, punches rock in the head repeatedly. He chokes rock at one point. Heyman then teasing the more aggressive side of stone cold in this uh, rock fights back for a moment, whips Austin in the ropes, hits a neck breaker for another near fall. At one point, later on rock then eventually gets some momentum back exploding out of the corner with a clothesline to Austin after Austin was arguing with uh, Earl Hebner Austin with a knee lift rock with rights in the corner sends Austin face first into top turnbuckle. I think Austin at one point did expose the top turnbuckle here again. Uh, rock with the ring bell lays Austin out cover Austin nearly loses. Now Austin's bleeding as well. So both guys are bleeding. This is a blood feud. He couldn't do without blood here. Here. Austin then slams Rock. Rock. Austin slams Rock into the guardrail, then gets the advantage, dropping Rock onto the guardrail. Then slingshots Rock headfirst into the ring post on the outside. Great sell by Rock there. And then Austin uses the monitor on Rock, hits him in the head. Austin is staring down the rock here. Stunners, rock goes for a, counters the stunner attempt. Locks in the sharpshooter on Austin, and rock is bleeding pretty bad here. He pulls Austin away from the ropes. Austin then crawls towards the rope again and grabs it, breaks the hold. Rock goes for the sharpshooter again, and he's trash-talking Austin at this point. But then Austin, he turns the tides, locking in the sharpshooter of his own rock eventually powers out austin slams rocks knee boot to the midsection of rock then austin goes back in his old playbook as the, as he was the ringmaster at one point with the million dollar man ted dibiase grabs a million dollar dream i use a move he used as he a move he used when he was the ringmaster i love how they played into history there mm-hmm. um then they go for the rock getting his hand dropped twice Before Rock fights back, Uh, Rock uses the top rope to kick off and flip over into a pinning predicament similar to uh, Piper Hart from WrestleMania 8, which we will watch later this month as part of our retro WrestleMania reviews here during WrestleMania season. But uh, Austin lifts Rock up with rights, lights up Rock with rights, reverses Austin, hits a stunner on him. Rock then pins Austin. Austin just gets the shoulder up barely. And then here we go. Vince McMahon makes his way down the ramp. And you're just wondering, what is happening here? And then we have Rock with rights to Austin. Runs off the ropes. Austin hits a spine buster for another near fall. Uh, Whip off the ropes. Rock counters. Hits the spine buster. People's elbow to Austin. But as Rock covers Austin, McMahon pulls Rock off. Then Rock realizes what McMahon has done, and he is livid. Chases him around the ring. He cha- McMahon chases him around the l- ring. Not McMahon, but Rock chases McMahon back into the ring, where Austin is lying in wait and hits a rock bottom on Rock for a near fall. Then Austin picks up Rock for a stunner. Rock pushes Austin into the ref, knocking Hebner to the floor. Low blow to Austin by Rock. Austin then, and actually, low blow by Austin to Rock. Then Austin instructs Vince to get a chair. McMahon has the chair. Austin holds Rock up. McMahon drills Rock in the head with it, and then he throws Hebner back into the ring. Rock kicks out again of a near another near fall. Then Austin he is he is now incensed, incensed, flips Rock off. Rock bottom to Austin by the Great One. McMahon then distracts the ref again. Rock throws McMahon to the ring. Right hands to Vince. Rock turns around right into a stunner. Rock kicks out. Austin is absolutely shocked. McMahon then gives Austin the chair. Austin clobbers Rock in the head with the chair. And he's done the deal with the devil. Rock again kicks out. Austin then adds insult to injury, jabbing chair into Rock's chest, slams it into Rock's back, jabs it to his back some more times just to make sure everything's working, just to make sure Rock's done. He covers and wins at 28 minutes and 8 seconds and oh man
1: what a match god what a match for man they the the match starts they hit the gas immediately and they do not let up it was the the match was intense almost entirely throughout like the, the, the momentum
0: there, the amount of momentum shifts. Cause they're so evenly matched. They know each other so well. It was just great. And I, and I, like I said, I love move theft. That's, that's one of my favorite things. That's a common theme will be here. But, uh, the only thing, the only thing I don't like is the ill-advised heel turn here. Because I- in, in, in Texas, JR made a point on this on his podcast. And Texas, you're not gonna get Austin to get booed. He could kill somebody and he and he would he wouldn't get booed.
1: Okay, I I guess that's true. Cause I was gonna say, while I while I me personally didn't have a problem with the heel turn, I think Vince coming out for as long as he did. I don't know, maybe it's because I knew knew what was going to happen, but he came out and he came out and he stayed out there for a pretty long time. I'm thinking if maybe he didn't come out, like if he came out later on and helped win the match sooner, it would have been more shocking, but... I, I I didn't think the heel turn was bad. I see why it makes sense. Why it wouldn't have been a good idea.
0: And why would it, why would Austin ever work with Vince? That's the that's the one thing as well. That's it's just it was the shock for the shock value. I get that. That's the only right. that's the only damper on this match. That's the only thing that's keeping me from giving this an A plus. It's an A. It's a very very like it's like if that didn't happen the way it did. I, it would have been an A-plus for me. But it was just that detail that lowered the grade ever so slightly. This is one of the greatest... I'm not going to say th- this is one of the best main events you'll ever see anywhere. It, it will. It, it'll be. the When it comes to WrestleMania main events, this has got to be at or near the top of the list.
1: Really? Because I put it as... I mean, you you alluded to it. This is probably one of Jr's best calls ever. Oh yeah, all ever. night, all night. I mean, but even uh, besides the iconic, he's shaking hands with Satan himself. That that line by itself is just chef's kiss. But when I talked about the intensity and Jr calling it in the background, I alluded uh, to a boxing match. Hearing Jr. call this while there's all of the intense wrestling going on, it felt like a boxing match. Like he was calling it shot for shot, and I loved it. And, and yeah. also, I have to say, no one can sell the stunner like The Rock.
0: <laughs> it is so kind of goofy in a way, but you know what? The Rock does the way what Rock does, and he he does it, and it made him so much money wrestling. But yeah, what what'd you end up giving this grade
1: wise, Jo? I gave it an A plus plus.
0: Honestly, it's yeah, it's it's that good. It's that good. It's just I just that's the only that's a very minor detail. If this would have been in any other place than Texas, the heel turn would have worked.
1: Right. It definitely would have. And just some real quick things uh, to, that I did mention that gave it that grade. Those were some of the longest twos and closest pinfalls I think I've ever seen.
0: And they protected the rock so well here. They protected yeah. the rock so well because he kicked out of absolutely he got kicked out about out of he kicked out of pretty much everything. I'm at a loss for words. Yep. But. <laughs> yeah, that they,
1: the pinfalls, JR's commentary, just the intensity of the match. The crowd. I, the crowd, absolutely. Um, well, again, I've seen highlights of this match so many times. This was actually my first time watching the match in its entirety. And despite the fact of knowing what was to come, it was still I was still so into the match. So for me, easy A++.
0: Yeah, it, I'll, I give it an A, but it's like – I'm at like a it's a little freaking tiny detail away from being an A plus because you want to give it an A plus so badly, but man, Mm. it's such a good match. Go check that one out. It's it's just a great. It's what where would you rank this among WrestleMania main events, Jo? definitely top 3. It's got to be up there because it was it felt like a big match. It was a big match. The crowd the crowd as well it was like you said JR's call was just beautiful. Beautiful. And uh yeah, it's got to be up there with the top WrestleMania main events of all time. And then at the end like you said he's shaking hands with Satan himself and Austin then slams the title into Rock's head to cap things off, solidifying his heel turn. Austin then stands over Rock, drinking a beer, and he sets a beer beside him, and then we get a highlight reel to end WrestleMania 17. And boy, what a show did we have here. I, there's a reason why this is one of the most talked about wrestling shows in history. It's it's highly regarded. And we we saw that, in living color watching this pay-per-view back. And uh, firstly, I want to see your, your grade is for this show because it was, you can't get much better.
1: Overall, I'd say an A plus, maybe an A minus, but definitely leaning towards an A plus. Uh, It, earned it earns the reputation it has for sure
0: this is peak attitude era and uh like i like i you notice uh, like i've watched i remember watching aew all out this past year and i was like this is up there with wrestlemania 17 which it is because the way the show is built throughout like match placement match placement is so important on these shows on pay-per-views it it is incredibly important but the way this map this way this show was built throughout was dang near perfect it it was pretty much perfect the way they layered this show out and laid this show out all out same way that's and everything made where everything was placed made logical sense
1: i would agree so they gave t- uh, time for the audience to breathe so they could give the important matches the time that it needed. Uh, also, since I guess this is part of the topic, man, do you remember when WrestleMania shows used to be not 12 hours long? Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I, see, I can do a four-hour WrestleMania. I can't do five. <laughs> I can't do five or six or something. Thank goodness they yeah. broke it up into two nights now.
1: I say I'm not saying they stole my my idea, but if you remember, Sig Daddy, I have I kind of mentioned that a little while ago.
0: Yeah, especially with the wrestle what they did with the Wrestle Kingdoms, I think you mentioned that. Yeah, you you yeah. You, you might want so, to get some money out of that.
1: I know I might have to look into that. I mean, like I said, I did I did mention that on this podcast before they started doing that, so I have I have proof. <laughs>
0: Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I, I was going to go over my grade uh, over the show. I gave it an A+. As I said, it's one of, if not the greatest wrestling, ma- major wrestling show in history. And uh, as we know, we know now know it's why it's considered one of the best. Uh, one, like I said, one of the best-built shows in history. Started with a very solid Regal-Jericho match and just build up from there. Only really bad match on this show was China and Ivory. But it served its purpose as well. See, that's that's all I ask for is it's serving its purpose. Uh, Angle, Benoit, that's a hidden gem that not enough people talk about. Um, Gimmick Battle royal was just a lot of fun and a nostalgia fun. The cardcore match, hilarious car wreck, TLC match, the greatest of its kind. Austin Rock, like I said earlier, it's quite possibly one of the greatest wrestling, one one of the best main events in WrestleMania history and the McMahon battle was just a fun story driven match. Mm-hmm. Can't say, say much I else already. about this show. No, But uh, this is a long one. This was a long one, J.O., but uh, we at Sig Daddy's wrestling show, hope you all enjoyed this WrestleMania review. Wrestlemania X7, also known as Wrestlemania 17. I hope you give, if you want to give your thoughts on this show, make sure to tweet me at Wrestle. Let me know your opinions of this show. Wrestlemania 17. And there's more to come this month for this uh, retro Wrestlemania reviews for this month. Next week, We'll be joined by, I'll be doing on, I'll be solo with the Stranger Rings podcast. J.O. will take a couple of weeks to get himself set for our WrestleMania 8 review at the end of this month, but there will be the apron bump podcast will be featured not next week, but the following week, but Stranger Rings, the Stranger Rings podcast, who joined me last year for a WrestleMania 21 review returns to the show next week as we look back at Wrestlemania 22 and lots of fun to be had here on Sig Daddy's wrestling show this month uh how'd you like this episode how fun did you how much fun did you have here
1: J-O this was a great show um well both Wrestlemania and this episode was a lot of fun to watch um it was fun seeing all the wrestlers that I knew still in you know prime of their life able to go so it was really awesome to see especially for again i've seen so many pieces of this wrestlemania in highlights and just separate videos so it was nice seeing where it all really came from like seeing it in its entirety yeah it
0: was just, just a fantastic watch can't recommend going out and finding this on peacock and watching this wrestlemania one of the best of its kind if not the best wrestlemania and uh, before we go, J.O., where can people find you?
1: You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter, both same handle, at Jeremy or all lowercase.
0: All righty. You can find Sig Daddy's wrestling show at Sig Daddy Wrestle on Facebook, Twitter, and on Twitter TikTok. And on TikTok. You can also find the show on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. Also, make sure to follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, make sure to leave it a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it. As I said earlier, stay tuned for next week, WrestleMania 22 review here with the Stranger Rings podcast. For J.O., I'm Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund saying so long, everybody.